You're listening to the Tuna Town Talks Fishing Podcast with Captain Paul Miller. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening. I'm a full-time charter captain based out of Ennis, Louisiana, and over the years I've seen some of the most incredible things, and some of my friends have told me some of the most unbelievable stories. So much to where I decided I would like to start a podcast. And now a word from our title sponsor, Blue Wave Boats. Blue Wave has been the number one selling bay boat along the Gulf Coast for many years now. And with over 50 square miles of marsh located out of Venice, Louisiana, it is essential that I choose the right boat to put my clients on fish. For the last four to five years, I've been using a 24-foot bay boat powered with a single 300 Suzuki, and it's been an amazing boat. However, over the years, I've also learned that I like to target a lot of different species that are near shore, so having a bigger boat with more power could help with that, which is why I've decided to move to a 26 Pier Bay powered with twin 200 Suzukis, and this has been the perfect size boat for being able to target multiple different species, especially because the boat has over four live wheels in it, which allows me to use multiple different baits to target multiple different species. With the flush mounted seating, I'm also able to maintain ample fishability, all while still providing a comfortable ride for my clients. With the step toll technology, I'm able to be more fuel efficient at higher speeds, which is also a huge advantage when making long runs through the marsh. If you would like to purchase a Blue Wave boat, head on over to bluewaveboats.com where you can find your local dealer. Alrighty guys, uh, another episode of Tuna Town Talks here. I am down here in Venice, Louisiana. I just got off the boat fishing with a, a good friend and client of mine, uh, Stacy Coker. Say hey to everybody, Stacy. How about it, guys? Yeah, guys, so uh, Stacy has been a good client of mine for a couple years now, and um, we've had some good times on the water, and he's a, a, he's a, a duck hunting guide as well, so uh, he listens to the podcast, and... Um, I don't know, we, we we always have a lot to talk about, so we figured we'd probably be a good podcast to do, right? Heck yeah, <laughs> we, we were late on all of it. Yeah, that's it, that's it. So, um, talk, let's talk. Let's start off by talking about uh, the last two days. You just came down from, uh, where are you from? North uh, Alabama, Gadsden, Alabama. Gadsden, Alabama, and uh, the last two days we came and uh, we did some, you, you like to target the triple tails, right? I love them, <laughs> I love them, man. Yeah. So uh, we we, ki- we have kicked ass last two days. Yeah, we did. It was a uh, pretty nonstop, um, little lull yesterday, but I mean it was. Well, you, you get your lulls and then you get hot again. <laughs> you just find them. That's it. Um, so uh, yesterday we went out um, tar- targeting triple tail with the cane poles. That was that was good fun, man. We That's showed up first spot and they were they were piled in there, huh? Man, that cane pole is just the only way I want to go. <laughs> it is. <laughs> It is. People say, why, why you got that cane pole? I said, well, shit, because I can. <laughs> it's a challenge. So I always tell them, same reason you use a, a bow. <laughs> man, it's, to me, it's made for triple tail because you can keep it in that strike zone a lot longer than you can with a spinning rod. Yeah. Uh, and then there ain't no drag, man. You can just snatch his ass right out of there. <laughs> if he'll let you – Man, I ain't. I didn't. I didn't sleep good because of that fish I lost yesterday. <laughs> Talk about that, man. What happened? Ah, uh, she just. Uh, she straightened me out. Yeah. She straightened me out. I couldn't keep a bend in that rod, in that pole, and uh, she straightened me out. Yeah, man. That was but, that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty crazy. We caught we caught a couple smaller ones, and then um, you got that one. What 
31, 32 inch. Yeah, he was a big fish. I mean, he yeah. was let he her, was let right. Her go. He was hovering around twenty five pounds, either a pound yeah. over, or pound pound under. That was a good fish. Yeah, and uh, that yeah. was he kind of caught me off guard. They were sitting there. We'd been fishing all morning for big triple tail, and we'd taken pictures of it, looking at the fish and everything. And, and Stacy uh, looks down at the fish. He looks at me, and he throws it right back in the water. I was like, hell yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah. I took I kept two big fish last year, man. And the reason I kept them was, you know, they was both, you know, around 32-pound fish. It's because me and my girl caught them on that trip, me and my wife. Yeah, yeah. Had them things, you know, they're getting mounted. But I just don't – I don't want to kill a big fish again. I yeah. don't want to kill the big ones. Yeah, I hear you, man. It feels good to let them go. That was crazy, too, because, like, last year, whenever you came, you know, you, you told me – when I first met you, I don't know. How, how did you end up finding me anyways? Do you remember? I that? was fishing. I was tuna fishing, and I'd been wanting to do triple tail, and this uh, Dawson Wells turned me on to you. Oh, okay. And Dawson said, man, we, he said, we got this dude. He handles all of our inshore stuff in Mexican Gulf. He said – Hell, he, he he puts the damn fins on his mask and dives down there to see if the shit's there. You know, <laughs> I said, so that's the guy I want to go because he scouts. <laughs> and, I, and I can relate because, you know, you know, we can't kill our ducks. We can't kill our geese unless we scout. So I, I'm going fishing with a damn guy that scouts. Yeah. yeah. And that impressed me. Yeah. It definitely, then, it definitely makes a difference. And then last year, you know, we, you know, we got that hole. We pulled, what? Two fish over 30 and another around 27 out of the same hole. And a bunch of little, you know, I call them little fish, 12, 15 pounders. Yeah, yeah. And you said, uh, man, I, I want to see what's down there. You don't care, do you? No, I don't care. Kicked on them fins and that mask and dove down there and checked it out. After <laughs> it was done. See what they liked. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't get in the water the last two days, man, as, uh, as nice as it was. It was it's been clear. Yeah, it was nice. Pretty water. Um Good good fishing days for sure. Well, that's, you know, uh, old Walt was saying, you know, it's been years since the water here has been this clear. Yeah, the river being this low for this long is uh, definitely a uh, – It's a big change for yeah, a lot of outfitters around here, yeah, a lot is. of guys. It's, it's definitely uh, – <clears throat> it definitely changes things up a lot. But the cool thing uh, – that the crazy thing, I, I remember so fondly last year whenever you came down here because you came down – I think I met you originally. We went, uh, we went red fishing with you and your wife Deandra, and yeah. then um, you scheduled to come back. You came back. We had a, we had a pretty rough go at it, and we didn't get the triple tail. But then you gave me another chance after that. You're like, yeah, I'm coming back. Want to we want to do the the triple tail again? We're we're gonna try it again. And uh, I think that the one we had a rough go at, we still caught some reds. I think we caught a cobia or something. Yeah, we caught and a cobia and caught caught some reds. It just wasn't the day to get the triple tail. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you came back again for two days again with your 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 wife. And, and uh, that was crazy. The first day she caught a 31-pounder. Oh, God. And dude. that was <laughs> – It blew my mind when that thing came up to the top of the water. <laughs> and then I, I couldn't believe it the next day we caught his twin. <laughs> yeah. They probably – they've probably been following each other all, all along. Yeah. They're that was just pretty crazy. I, I, and then you caught another one that was 27, yeah. 28 pounds. We released that fish. Yeah. And that, was, that was crazy. I never knew they could get that big. And yeah. and, 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 and truthfully, yeah, I, this this fall, I've been I've been chasing that state record. That's why I've been coming. That's why, I, you know, I, you know, asked you, you know, get us some big baits. 
yeah. and, and you did, you come through, and because uh, I'm chasing that state record, I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, something I just, that, wa- just want to get it, man. Everybody's got goals. Something that keeps them like keeping keeping their you know their mind going, and then that something that that happens. And I always tell people a lot. You know, my my favorite thing to do with a client is to you know have a big goal in mind. The state record triple tail is your goal, and we're gonna fish for it year after year. We're yeah. gonna keep fishing for them. Well, and yeah. then if it happens, it'll be the most incredible feeling in the world. And if it doesn't happen. We're still going to have a lot of fun trying. <laughs> yeah. You know, you so. keep a log. A lot of other captains keep a log. And and, and I do the same thing in waterfowl. I keep a log. So I went back and looked at what you've done in the past, the last couple of years, and some other guys. You know, I checked. I went stalking them, mm-hmm. seeing what you guys are doing in the past on triple tails. Well, I found out, you know, what days are the best. Yeah. And by God, it worked this year again. Yeah, it did. It did, man. It's it's crazy how you can, uh, with certain fish and certain things that you figure out, you can you know you can mark it on your calendar. And as long as the weather and stuff, I mean, it it does change within you know a few days of that of that time frame. But they, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what fish do. I mean, they they talk about it all the time with like salmon. You know, they go back to the same spot that they were born. And I you yep. know I really believe you know fish come back to the same. Same spots year after year, you know, they just find themselves in the yeah, same spot. In waterfowl, we call it an imprint. Yeah. You know, we we try to imprint our ducks, uh, you know, where we're at, we're in Brinkley, Arkansas. You know, we, tr- we try to keep the water on our fields as long as possible, as long as our, our farmers will let us keep water. We keep it there. So when those hens are coming back, they're going to stop there and rest. And, you know, and we're keeping that water there so they can eat that, get those crustaceans in our you know off our beans and everything is there they get that protein it's going to help them hatch their eggs right and help them get back up north so hopefully they imprint maybe we don't catch them coming down but we catch them going back north and then we catch them the next year coming back and they bring their babies with them hmm. that's what we're trying to do interesting hmm. so um stacy how did you uh how did you originally get into fishing or hunting? Has it been like a lifelong oh, quest? It, it has. Yeah. Uh, originally on fishing, my grandmother got me started. Grandma, huh? My grandma. <laughs> Granddad was always working. Well, grandma, she checked me out of school. We'd go fishing. We'd we'd go down a creek. And we'd catch some little red-eye bass or we'd go crappie fishing or whatever. And then when I got about hmm, 12, 13, I run into a guy. He's about your age, 26. Yeah, about that age. And he just took me under his wing. Taught me a lot of saltwater stuff. Hmm. Uh, just a great guy. Yeah. I got you. So I got to take it he's not he's not around anymore? No. I got you. No. Yeah, it's crazy how those those uh, friendships you build with fishing, man. They they go for they go for a long time. They 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 stick with you. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> oh, they do. They yeah, do. definitely do. But uh, so that was in um in uh that was around Panama City. Panama City. Yeah, that's where you cut your teeth on salt water, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, on speckled trout and stuff like that. And you know, and you guys still have that house over there. Right? Yeah, yeah, still got a place there. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> Dad made a great deal. He bought a little place there for about $10,000 when I was three years old. That's one of my 59 now. We still got it. 
but. probably worth a lot more. Oh yeah, <laughs> but you know, uh, you you don't never remember this. A lot of guys don't, but by God, we couldn't catch redfish. They just weren't there. Really, redfish were a myth in Panama City. In in that in Florida, they were a myth in the seventies, early eighties. They were gone. The net fishing had destroyed them. Yeah, the purse seiners. Yeah. yeah. And it almost destroyed the trout. The trout mounts back pretty quick. But, uh, yeah, redfish were a myth. How is it now over there? I've never fished Panama City. It's really. good. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you can catch the bull reds around the pass, and uh, uh, Panama's got a pretty good estuary there. Some creeks flowing into that west bay and uh, towards Destin and Choctahatchee. And uh, you can catch some nice – you can sight fish well over there. Yeah, a lot sight of clear fish, water. Yeah, a lot of clear water. You can see them in there. Yeah. That's good fishing. That's something we like over here. <laughs> you yeah. You got to search for it, but it's there if you yes, look. Yes, a, a, a guy can sight fish over here. He's he's dang good. <laughs> he's dang he, – he ain't looking for fish. He looks for some movement. Yeah, you definitely have to find those uh, places where that clean water will hold. And there's, there's definitely – more more moving around mm-hmm. covering water for that for sure i don't do a whole lot of sight fishing to be honest with you um well you, you catch them though <laughs> you, tri- you sight you sighted that triple tail yesterday you laid oh, yeah up one up. little one yeah yeah that was a good fish you laying up under that ladder yeah that was pretty uh pretty cool it wasn't really we weren't even triple tail fishing and yeah saw them. <laughs> how, how often when you're running out there do you see a clump just something, and you'll glance over there and see a triple tail. Do you do that much? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I catch them on float and stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't say. Yeah, I mean, I always look. Anytime I, anytime I see something, I'll, I'll definitely look. And I don't know what, I, what I found too is if you see, if you see one, there's generally a lot more around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'd say, I'd say I don't really. I mean, if I don't see them, it's, it's not the end of. The, the world you know right. I, honestly i'd rather not see them just because it's harder for the client whenever you see a fish like for people that don't do it all the time whenever they see a fish that's usually when they get nervous uh, and they end up messing up i mean even myself if i see like a big fish like, i get it like it like if i see a giant cobia right up next to the rig and i'm you know trying to scramble to make a good cast on them usually you're gonna you know you're gonna whiff it go too far too short you're gonna you're gonna mess it up that's kind of like, seems like it's kind of like top water fishing you don't want to you don't really want to look at that bait so you you'll snatch it away from him if you see him coming it's true in a lot of Hell ways yeah. it is yeah, yeah it you is. see him hit on it and you try and pull kind of want to pull whenever you feel him more than that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's it's same way it's same way goose hunting that's my now i really love goose hunting that's your that's what your bread and butter hunting is. Hunting speckle bellies and snow geese. And, you know, you get the guys in the blind and we're working birds and uh they're they're seeing them come from miles away. You know, and they'll just lose their minds over them, you know, just shoot a hole through the air, never hit the bird. It's amazing how many times that happens. We'll get fifty, sixty birds in the decoys. And miss them all, or maybe just kill one or two. Yeah, and because they just freak out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's too it's, much. They, it's too it much is going on. <laughs> but by the end of the trip, it's the same way your your got your clients. I'm sure by the end of the trip, they've uh, you know if they spend a couple of days, you know they've kind of gotten a the groove. Then and towards the end, they're 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 catching it like they're supposed to, or they're killing it like they're supposed to with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always find that too. Like if I know I have some really green people, sometimes I'll 
I'm not saying I'm gonna pull up to a spot. I know there's no fish, but I might pull up to a spot where you know we're gonna pr we're gonna we're gonna f see how they can cast well, and stuff. You know. <laughs> yeah, especially with you new clients, you got to. Yeah, you got to. You kind of gotta fill them out, and then you know, then you then from there you kind of take them to where you you might know they are. It mm -hmm. just depends on what's going on. Sometimes you're always looking, but uh, <laughs> heck yeah, it definitely changes. What's the uh, what's the name of you guys's uh, on, on the deck outfitters on the deck outfitters and how can people find that? Uh, they can go on uh, Facebook and find us. Instagram. Uh, we're about an hour west of Memphis. Any website they can go to? No, just use the Facebook page. Facebook you just page, give yeah. us a call. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, and uh, Dusty Barber, uh, he's one of the, one of the owners. He's uh, the one that heads it off. Dusty does all the booking. Okay, and yeah. then how many guides will he book? How many guides do you guys uh, run? Well, we're sometimes on duck, like ducks, we'll split it up. If you got four guys, that's a group. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll put you with a guide, and you go hunting. Now, when we that afternoon, maybe if we go goose hunting, we'll hunt out of an A-frame. It's real comfortable. We 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 set up an A-frame blind. It's a long blind, what it is. Okay. And we put chairs in there like we're sitting in right here, so you can kind of sit in there and relax, and uh. It's it's a fun hunt, and we'll put everybody together. We yeah. might we might have ten or twelve guys in that blind. Right. But where do you, where do you guys do this out of what, what state? That's in Arkansas, Brinkley, Arkansas. Arkansas. And is that like north or is that? Mm, no, south. that's 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 East Arkansas. East Arkansas. Yeah, northeast Arkansas. But man, we are just as you guys are in. To me, this is redfish and triple tail paradise right here, <laughs> in in Venice. Yeah. Well, we're in the speckled belly snow goose paradise. That's where they go. Huh? That is where they go. Now, the, you know, there's going to be a lot of Louisiana guys listening to this, and I can sympathize with them because they used to be here. Mm -hmm. They used to be all down this Louisiana coast, and times have changed. Weather's changed. Uh, the birds changed their patterns. Now we've got your birds, and then the birds that used to come down here, there's still a few come. They stay with us now. Right. Not like they were. I'm dealing with, I don't go looking for 50 birds to hunt or 100 birds to hunt. I'm looking for thousands. And I'm dealing with thousands every day. Wow. That's, you see them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking for a feed that's, that's holding thousands of birds. And then uh, we've got enough land that we don't run a lot of traffic. Traffic's getting in between the roost and the feed. And you try to convince them in between there to come into your area. Right. That's that's what's running traffic, and and we can do that, and and we do it well because we got some good callers, mm -hmm. and we put enough decoys out there to get it done. But when you're getting on the X, like we are fishing, you know, you can get out there and blind cast and catch a redfish, but you get out there on them just like the day when we got on those triple tail. I mean, what was it yesterday? You yes, know, sir. three hammers in a row. Yeah. Three hammers in a row. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I sympathize with the guys in Louisiana. They used to be – they what used to have you, all the specs. What do you think happened with that? I mean, for all the listeners, I, I'll go ahead and let everybody know I know nothing about duck hunting, but I am planning on coming <coughs> duck hunting with you. Um, maybe yeah. not this year, but it's going to happen. I'm, I'm, gonna uh, you come. Might, I'm you, coming. <laughs> I, I talked with a guy, uh, Don Goucher, over in – Pascagoula, Mississippi. He lives in the mouth of Pascagoula. Don Gauthier. Gauthier. The guy that builds our, our cane poles. Yeah. If anybody 
Once a cane pole, reach out to Don Gauthier. You can find him on Facebook. Go he showed me a sandbar out there in front of his house. Mm-hmm. That sandbar is all a mile and a half, two miles long. And he told me, he said, when I was a kid, I could row out there to that sandbar, and it was nothing but snow geese packed in there. He said, I could go out there with a boat paddle, knock them in the head and fill up my boat and paddle back. And the reason was they couldn't fly. He was telling me, he said, the birds couldn't fly. And they had flew all the way from Alaska. They probably get, they might have stopped at one point, but they had nowhere to stop in the 70-something years ago when he was a kid. Well, I guess he's 73 now. So, yeah, 60 years, they had nowhere to stop. What, what would make them stop? Like, why do, you, why do you say they had nowhere to stop? Of course they could stop and, and land in a pond, right? They, they won't, though. They won't land in a pond. What happened is the agriculture in uh, Arkansas, Mississippi, uh, Missouri, you know, they've took a lot of trees out now. It's big ag-, ag right there. It's bean fields, corn fields, rice. You know, rice is huge there. Now they got a place to stop. And feed. And feed. Now they don't see, well, why do I need to go all the way to the damn coast? Right. I'd stay right here. I got girls. I got food. It don't get too cold right here. I'm just going to stay here. So they're shortstop in Louisiana now. But back then, they had to fly all the way. And that's how he was knocking them in the head with a boat paddle because they had muscle atrophy. They couldn't fly because they flew all the way. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I love talking to the old guys. Yeah, me too. I, it's interesting to hear how, uh, like, I just relate it to fishing, you know, because that's that's really all I know about. But, you know, you talk about how things have changed and those, those birds don't go where they used to go. Right, they don't. And... Uh, you know, just talking to people around here, some of our guides, it's kind of a split. You know, some of our guides think that we have more triple tail than what we ever have had. Mm-hmm. They think that there's just more. They don't know why. If if, if there is more, I would say maybe it's because of temperature changes or something like that. I, I really don't know. But there's also other guides that think that they've always been this good. They're just – we just haven't really – fished for them the way that that we fish for them now they got it they got exposed but so i don't but i don't really know what it is but the thing i do know from what you're telling me is that things change uh, the habitat changes food changes um do you think I, and i talk to a lot of the the tuna fishermen right now and they'll tell you uh, right now we're not getting any tuna ball uh, uh pogey balls but like the amount of pogies in menhaden that we have now some will say we never used to see them like we do right now. Mm-hmm. And then maybe if that biomass is grown, then maybe the triple tail biomass is grown because that's, you know, that, that with the food source grows, maybe the, the triple tail source would grow as well. Yeah. Um, but we really don't know. All of that really is speculation. You know, you, you, the delta is not what it used to be. You know, it, there's, how many miles they say have been destroyed and lost? Oh, it's of the a lot. Del- yeah. I have no idea. But we all know these fish wouldn't be here if it wasn't for those dang rigs out there. They wouldn't. Man, they're just holding them. And like I told you today, people wouldn't know blackfish existed if it wasn't for these dang rigs. Yeah, a lot of people wouldn't. Uh-uh. <laughs> I mean, you can't just go out here in the marsh and, and fish and catch triple tail. You just can't. Yeah. They've got to have something to hold to out there. You're right, man, and it, it all comes down to habitat. You know, whenever, like just like you were just saying with with the snow geese and stuff. You know, they they moved because of the food source. Mm-hmm. They they moved because of the habitat. They you know? just they go with 
the habitat is what they need and i you know with the with the triple tail a lot of people they might get mad at me right now for for telling everybody how many you know how how well the fish hold on rigs but in in reality they're hauling up all these rigs you know every day you know i'll go out there and i'll see them taking up another one or doing work on another one or whatever and eventually they're they're going to take out all these near shore rigs because they can make more money doing fracking and offshore drilling than what they can do inshore so eventually all these near shore platforms will be hauled up and they'll be gone my thing is is that that habitat is going to be gone what are we going to replace it with or what can yeah. we do to keep you know you know and that's the only thing around is, that's <laughs> the only thing is replace the lost habitat in the marsh is the rigs i think yeah, yeah. i mean you've you give up thousands of miles of marsh and and it's it, not it's not the same it's definitely different habitat yeah. right but it 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 holds fish it, it, it makes it, fish <laughs> it's a trade-off yeah it's a trade-off it holds fish and uh how big of a how big of a game changer you think that might be if if they were able to make make rigs or standing structures over in Panama City where where you grew up fishing? Oh, it, it, they've uh, put some fads out there this in the last few years, and it has been a huge game changer. I think so. I've heard, I've heard tons of people catching a fish. Huge off of those game changer fads, off those fads, but those are all deep deep water fads, right? But they're putting some shallow ones too. They're putting they some out there. Uh, I yeah, didn't hear about that. Just right there in Walton County. They've put some, a chain of them from Walton County, starting at the East County line, going west. They've put a chain of them right there, and they were within kayak paddleboard range. How many? There's like nine right there in just like a mile. And they're, really? and they're, and so they're, they're what, in a design. What, what kind of, of fat is it, though? Is it like a concrete? They've, a concrete on the bottom? And yeah. Then, and then what's on the top? Nothing on the top. You can actually see them. And they put them in designs of fish. There's there's a redfish design. There's a there's a sailfish design and everything. Uh, wait wait wait. So they 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 put them on the bottom in concrete and they're designed mm-hmm. and to look like a fish. Hmm. And it's you know it's just something cool that they. But did. it's not a fad though, right? It is. It's holding a lot of fish. It's put there for fish. But it's on the bottom. Yes. See that's that's what I was getting at. So like whenever I, I guess a fad stands for a fish attracting device. Whenever I think of a fad, I'm thinking of something that comes all okay. the way out of the well, water. This is art of art. Yeah, I, I guess it's like. But I mean, those do help, and we have done a lot. Like there's tons of artificial reefs all through. Yeah, that's know, what Florida, it is. Mississippi, Texas. They, I mean, Texas has the Great Texas Barrier Reef, is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Is the, you know, where they where they dump a lot of stuff. And I, and I think it does. It, it holds a lot of it holds a lot of bottom fish. Um, even other pelagics will hold on it, but that all the way up to the top, you know, like I know oh, they yeah, have they, the they, fads over there towards Destin. That, yeah, they that sure come do. I've heard them talk about those. The top, and they they have been a game changer, man. I know guys that have caught tunas, marlins, and wahoos, yeah. all of it out there. Yeah, um, I just I don't go do that kind of fishing there. I come here. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Where all the fads are, <laughs> because if you if you want to go tuna fish from there, or, you know you're running down here. It's true. It's and, here, and and um, the reason why is because we have things to go to. <laughs> yeah, you got it. It's it's it. You know, you got these run fast boats now. You can run out there and do a two day trip in half a day. Yeah, come back here to the marina and party. God, it's a party here. <laughs> Yeah, they got the Wounded Warriors thing going on right now. There's oh, I, I tons love, of people down here, huh? Yesterday was an awesome day. Yeah. It was an awesome day out here. It was, man. 
We we caught uh what we caught like eight triple tail. We caught a limited snapper. They opened the snapper up. Yep. Oh. And I was looking for them cobias, man. You got that extra snapper. Yeah. Was able to keep four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They opened it up to four. But I I came for the triple tail. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it too, man. I thought, you know, it's so cool you you booking these days because like you know we had you know this today was the day before the front. Um. We got a front coming right here before the full moon, and I got you on my boat, somebody that wants to do the same thing that I want to do. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, best-case scenario for a guide, you know. Yeah. Because, like, as a guide, a lot of times – I mean, sometimes, you know, if you got kids on the boat or you got, you know, a, a guy and his, you know, his wife that doesn't really, you know, do anything, you got to you gotta, you gotta put them on something that's for sure. And it'll kind of make you cringe if you put them on a 40-pound triple tail on it. <laughs> <laughs> and they yeah. and they miss but, it or whatever. You know, you know, and, but, and, and that's but having I'm, you on the boat, somebody that has the same motive, the same goal in mind that I do, is is definitely um, something I look forward to. You know? Yeah, you know, you know, you get you'll ask, well, what do you want to fish for? You know, and the guys come to me and say, well, you know, what are we gonna go kill? And uh, I, I want to go catch, or I want to go kill what's there. Yeah, you know. You tell me, what are you catching the best? And they'll come to me and say, well, I want to I go do a timber hunt. They'll call me on the phone and say, well, Stacy, we won't go kill ducks in the timber. I said, well, just what if the ducks ain't in the timber? What if they're in the rice field? What if they're in the bean field? I said, you still want me to carry the timber? I said, well, no, but I'd like to kill them in there. I said, well, what if I can't get them in there? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> let's, go, let's go kill them where they're at. <laughs> yeah. That's funny, yeah. It's the same thing as a. It's it's so cool too having guiding another guide because you you really do get it. Like yeah. it's you have a lot more in common than most most days. I feel like and and I, I've seen you. You know that trip we came and we didn't catch those triple tail. You didn't like it. I could read it. Sucks. You, you didn't like it. <laughs> Failure that's, sucks. That's the same way with us <laughs> duck hunting. Man, we get if we go. That's when you see us get when you see us get mad and we're pissed off at each other. We'd kick a dog or something. <laughs> no, we don't kick dogs. <laughs> we don't kick dogs. We don't slap women. <laughs> but if you see us mad, it's because we didn't kill them. Yeah, yeah. Even though, look over there, and the clients have had fun. Yeah, they're enjoying their stay with us because they're eating good. They're staying in a nice place, and I hope. They read that I busted my ass. Yeah, that's your hope for sure. And I read it on you. Yeah. You know, and we're not going to kick their ass every day. No, it's not going to happen. No. Never will. <laughs> no, it's just killing them. Yeah. It's just fish. You know, it's just catching. It wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be a challenge. It wouldn't Triple tail's a challenge. Yeah. The cane pole's a challenge. Yeah, exactly. I know. But, yeah, I, I get it. And yeah, you definitely do. And it's... And I don't want a guide guiding for me that it don't bother him. Yeah. We Somebody don't have – All right, guys, time's up. Time to go. Oh, yeah. We, know. <laughs> and, and I've had them turbs come through there. Yeah. We've had them come through. And, uh, you know, in, in the last year I've become partner with these guys. Mm -hmm. But I've seen them run their ass off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we put them on the road. And – uh. If I don't like them, John Henry don't like them. That's another guy that guides with us. He's about your age. Mm -hmm. Kids 
and he's like a 70-year-old man, 26-year-old body. <laughs> Ornery, set in his ways, does a great job. Yeah. Give him a task, he just does it. And uh, I like that. I like that kind of maturity. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, but, yeah, those those guys don't hang around us long. They get put on the road and they get with another outfit. But I hear those horror stories, and I've I've paid my money to go with guides before. Yeah, me too. Just to see what what do you do that I don't? I've seen them not give a shit. Mm-hmm. There's guys in this marine that don't give a shit. Oh yeah, yeah. There, I mean, that that definitely does. But you, I don't know. I think uh, you know, it probably comes from a young age. You know, my my parents were always you know care about what you do. Yeah, do a good job. You know, and and you know, I always say that guides they they kind of have. Uh, Every guide has their own personality, and they're going to attract people that like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean about them. You know? Yeah, and that and that's kind of that's kind of the way guides kind of guides kind of go. You know the the ones that you know work real hard. You know, and they they want to catch these giants. I get guys like you know I get guys like you that want to come catch the giants. Yeah, and the guys that don't really care what they catch, and they're going to be in by noon, and they they're, you know what I mean that they wait, don't wait. really care. They're going to get the people that don't really care that much. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the way that it goes. It is. Know? It really is. It's but, yeah, uh, I want I want to fish with a guy that cares, and, and I want guys that work with me to give a shit. Yeah. I really do. It is honestly frustrating because I get uh, uh, trips like that all the time where I feel like I care a lot more. I mean, I always care more about catching fish than my clients in general. I always do. But I have people that come and – they don't necessarily care at all or they're on a company trip or something and they don't really even, you know, they're not giving it the effort that I'm giving it. And that's frustrating for me because whenever I show up to the dock and I don't have a lot of fish, that's not on me. No, (laughs) because there's people out here, that's where they scout. Yeah. You you, you got internet scouters. You got fishing dock scouters and they're out here scouting. I ain't going with him. He ain't got shit. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go with that guy, old Yonner. But as a guide, every day is different. You got a different it group is. of people, you know. Like sometimes it's sometimes it's easy, man. It, it is. You got good fishermen, and the fish are biting, hey, you know. <laughs> and it's like those dudes. It was it was that way yesterday for you. But yeah. here was guys yesterday that had caught coolers full of tuna. And then they seen us throwing them slob triple tails up there on the deck. <laughs> Oh, home catch one of them. <laughs> I'm jealous. Well, yeah. Book this guy. Come with me. Book these guys. That's what you do. You got to – and it, it is fun, man. Like, I know from traveling, like, whenever I go somewhere and you you come back and you, you know some of the people there, mm-hmm. that's a lot more fun. I don't it know is. what it is. There's something about it that just makes it more like, oh, you know what I mean? You have friends there and, you're, yeah. you know, you, you – Oh, it's, a, it's a lot more fun. Everybody sure. wants to come in. I want to come in with the limits of birds. I want them piled up on the tailgate. I want everybody to kill their birds and and get a trophy bird. And yeah. Same way out here. I mean, you want everybody happy. You want them to get their fish, and they're going to. Yeah. Well, sometimes. <laughs> but sometimes, you know. But sometimes they, they, they get mad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the guy I hate hate it for when it don't go right is that guy that 
saved all year long. Yeah, man. Oof. That that hurt. I get trips like – I say that all the time whenever you get those, you know, blue-collar guys. That, but, you know, And that guy can't have fun. I've been that guy. Yeah. And you go somewhere and, you know, you saved up to do this trip. And shit, in, in, I, ain't, I ain't seeing birds or I'm not catching fish, you know. God, I spent all this damn money. I hate it for that guy. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. And I have – I have took my my daggum business card before, and put rain check on there. I'll give it to him. Yeah. Book me again, and it's free. Yeah. Or book me again, pay for a day. I give you a day. Yeah. You that's what I do, I'll do. Something like that. If you know, if it's just if it's turned to straight shit, and I know that, I'll get my card. I'll put rain check on there and give it to you, and I'm gonna make it right. Right. I'm going to make it. If, if we had to go kill blackbirds, we're going to make it right. <laughs> we're going to go kill something. But we've got enough. You know, uh, you know we, we were talking the other day. We do. Uh, there in, where we're at in Brinkley, in that part of our, we have, we are in the speckle belly paradise. And specks are part of Louisiana lore. The greatest speckle belly call makers are in Louisiana. The, some of the greatest. The history of it comes from right here. The history of what? Of, of speck hunting. Really? Yeah. The guys that, that come up with the strategies and the calls and the best callers, they're, they're from down here. They're from down here. And I try to pick the brain when I can. And we call, you know, every region calls different, just like every region fish is different. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're loud, we're proud, and... We call very, very aggressive where we're at. Down here in Louisiana, I, you know, you can't call like we do because you'll blow the birds out because yeah. they're hunting just a few birds. But I'm trying to, even, I'm imitating thousands right, right. where we're at. So it's, it's, it's different like, calls. Yeah, and, you know, just like every, every, I've been with three different guys this fall. All three bait their shrimp different. <laughs> That's hilarious. All man. three bait their damn shrimp. Everybody different. hooks a shrimp different, huh? Yeah. And Tell it, me about the different. Well, g- keep going, keep going. Go I'll ahead, cut you off. No, I won't cut you off. Keep going. Well, that's just it. It's, it's funny. It's just ever, and you learn something from everybody. I learn. I learn stuff. I learn stuff. You can't get to an age. I'm 59. Going to be 60 in February. You cannot say. I know it. Yeah. I know it all. <laughs> Shit, we learn till we die. Right. We learn to, you know, and I learned stuff from guys, you know, young guys think outside the box. Yeah, you're right. They, they do. do. They're not stuck in their way. You know, when I was young, I, I come up with shit, you know, and I try not to be. I try to get outside that box. And I got outside that box this year, and people are going to see the results this year when we go hunting because I got I stepped out of that box this year. And the rest of the guys at the lodge, Dusty and Kevin and John Henry, we've uh, we we're gonna do something this year, and it's gonna be phenomenal. Yeah, I think so. Well, just just what we've done with our decoys and everything, uh, we've stepped outside the box on that and, and spent the money, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, you know there there is something to that. They they call those uh, limiting beliefs. Yeah. So like, you know if you know, if you do something enough times and this way didn't work, 
then you think that that way is not ever going to work. Right. And then that's a limiting belief. And that limits you to what, what is really actually possible. And what you're saying is true. And what I found a lot from ta- doing this podcast, honestly, if everybody kind of – if anybody's listened to, like, Miles Colley, he was on my podcast. Mm-hmm. And Miles Colley and several other captains became a captain at a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. And whenever that happens – and a lot of senses, like Miles, he says he regretted it. You know, he was – I think he was 21 or 22. I heard that podcast. Yeah. yeah. And he – you know, he, he was really, really young while being a captain. And he regrets it because he didn't – maybe he didn't learn from other people that had done it for so long. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, from some of the stories that he told me, in my mind I was thinking, I don't think he would have even tried that if – you had learned something from somebody and they had told you that that wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, he followed, like, in one of his stories, he said that he, you know, he caught a 126-pound cobia and they hooked it three different times. <laughs> now, after mm-hmm. I hooked that fish once, for sure after I hooked it twice, I probably would never have gone and tried for that fish. He stayed on it. And he won that tournament with a 126-pound cobia. That's did, an unbelievable story. Did they, did they leave it and come back on it? Yeah, that's what he said. So, he hooked – it was on a turtle. I'll tell the real quick yeah. version of the story. And if you guys want to go back, go listen to Miles Colley podcast that he did with me. But he – it was following this turtle. The fish the fish ate, pulled the hook on it fairly quickly. And then after a while, the fish ate again, got tangled up in the turtle, broke, broke the line off. Mm-hmm. And so, they were like, oh, screw it. You know, that fish ain't going to eat again. They didn't even see it anymore. So they left. They left the fish or the turtle for like an hour and a half. Um, and then, you know, they were in a tournament, so he's thinking about where am I going to find a big fish. He's mm-hmm. like, man, I'm going to go back and look for that turtle. Ran, turn around, run 20, 30 miles, wherever. I don't know how far he ran. Found her. Found the turtle. Saw the cobia after a while. He's like, oh, God, he's still there. And he had the intuition in his mind, and this is the part that I think, Anybody else? Maybe maybe it's just him. No, I don't. I don't know. But to me, why would you even go back there, anyways? I don't know. But he followed the turtle for like an hour and a half, and just followed him and didn't pitch a bait at him and just let the fi- like the fish and the turtle get really comfortable mm-hmm. with him being there. And then you know gradually, you know once they were getting towards like I think it was like a color change or something, they finally decided to pitch a bait at him. And he said they followed the fish for like 45 minutes before they even decided to even throw at him because they wanted him to settle down, settle down and get comfortable with him being there. Yeah, that's I mean that's an unbelievable. But that to me is it just goes back to what you're saying about you know being a young, a younger guy. You 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 definitely try to create your own wheel a little bit more. I feel like I've done that a lot. You know, I I feel like I still do. I I don't really like a part of me doesn't. I I like learning things from people, but a part of me it's not. It's almost not as cool whenever somebody tells you, like, mm-hmm. oh, go over here. The redfish are there. They're teeing off. Like, go get them, you know? Right. And then you go over there and you catch them. Well, you know, well, that like, wasn't, that's not as cool as finding them yourself. I, I, I know I know Triple Tail do that because about well, a month and a half ago, I was over in, around Gulfport, and uh, I hooked the same Triple Tail four times. Hooked it, and it flipped off. No, I, I didn't hook it. It was just on. Pulled the hook. Just, just kept pulling, kept pulling. Flipped over the, the fifth time and caught that fish. Yeah. 
and it, it barely measured. But hey, you know, you think, well, I've done, I've done hooked it. He can go hit again. Yeah. He was hungry. Yeah. It is crazy. It's crazy you said that because back in July I had one. I, I swear it was the same fish. What that big bitch we caught times. last year? She. You remember I had flipped in there with that cane pole. She sucked that shrimp off the hook. Flipped it back, put it right back same spot. I think she had sucked it off twice. And the next time, the third time, she got it down. Yeah. And I think that's – I mean, I've I've known several – I mean, I don't know if it's the same fish. When you're not seeing them, I, mean, I don't know if it's the same fish. But I feel like that's happened to me several times. Um, but also, I've seen them and not been able to get them to bite at all. <laughs> mm. you think and, it- that's, and, that, and that's whenever – I mean, it's mind-blowing it's, it's mind to me every time whenever you see them and you can't catch them. But it shouldn't be because I've, yeah. I've seen it all the time, you know. But that does happen. Like, I, I know – it was last week I was fishing, and I saw more than I've probably seen all year. And we caught, like, two, but not even where we were seeing them. I went somewhere else. Really? But we were seen like, we would we would pull up to something, and you would see them, and you would throw at it, throw at it, sometimes for a while. Mm-hmm. And you'd see them several times and then never get a bite. I, you know, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. You know, you and I were talking about this yesterday. You know, Jay O'Brien over there in Dolphin Island, he swears when a triple tail turns silver, she's mad, and he says she won't eat. Mm-hmm. He said, if you, and because we had ran by a fish, and he said, she's silver. He said, I don't think she's going to eat, but we need to throw at her anyway, because he got a lot clearer water than it is here. Nope. Never eat. Wouldn't eat. Big old shrimp, as long as you hand. That's crazy. But he swears when they're yellow, when they're silver, she's pissed about something, and you know they they get flustered. I think you want to catch them when they're black. I reckon. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. It's crazy because I've caught them white as a ghost, man. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they get, you know, they get white when they get mad, but when they're hooked. But he said prior to it, something she was mad. And he said, he said y'all throw, you can throw at her. He said I don't think she's gonna hit. Hmm. So he had obviously seen it before. Yeah, that's crazy. How was uh? Every, I mean, Jay was on my podcast. How was it fishing with Jay? It was good. Good. Jay's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a totally. Y'all caught a good. Y'all caught a big fish with him. Yeah, we caught a we caught a twenty seven inch fish right there, and then got on uh got got on top of a big fish. She was big and and she kind of sucked at it one time, and then we kind of lost her because we got on top of her. Didn't mean to get on top of her. She was holding. On a little bit of structure he knew was on that bottom. Mm. And it, the water was high there yeah. that day. And uh, couldn't see it and just got on her too quick. And she did make a strike at it, but that was a big fish. That was a 31-pound, that was a 31, 31 you know, 31, 32-inch fish. Yeah, yeah big fish. But he's a, he's, a totally, he's a totally different style over yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and and that that's one thing about Louisiana is I feel like a lot of what we do around here is always a different different style and different um it's different everywhere. I don't know. It's it's weird the the fish the fish's patterns around here close to the river. I feel like are a lot more unique than mm-hmm. what you would find in Florida just because of the change in the water, salt salinity, clarity, you know, all that kind of stuff and it, it makes makes the fish uh 
just end up in different places and and in circumstances that you wouldn't find in any other places, you know. Well, take Charleston, South Carolina. They catch their triple tail in the marsh. Yeah. They're throwing to them in the grass. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I've had people come with me that have told me yeah. that. They, they catch them, like, in, in, the, in the grass. In the grass. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it always, you know, that's one thing I always try to stay on my toes about around here is you never know – Never know where it can be good. Well, <laughs> you know that's 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 what's cool about fishing with you is you do, you do think outside the box. You're not, you know. There's guys here that say, "All right, I've got five rods. They all got popping corks, and that's how we fishing today." That's what we're doing. That's it. That's what we do today, every day, and the next day. Yeah. You know, then they look at you, and there's there's cane poles, and there's spinning rods, <laughs> and there's casting rods, and there's whopper ploppers. <laughs> that's and that's what I always people ask me why you use a cane pole I'm like man you know like whenever you're fishing a lot you know you, it seems like people just try to make it harder like people that fly fish for instance that's that's a challenge yeah it makes it more challenging yeah. I was like it's just like fly fishing but it's not gay <laughs> that's right <laughs> god dang <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there goes all you damn fly fishing trips right there. <laughs> Good, you, they got they got enough of those. They'll but, find somebody. <laughs> but you sissy man can come duck. duck no, in all, in all honesty, <laughs> if anybody's out there ever wants to go fly fishing, you can bring it with me. But I'm I'm not I'm not the guy. Maybe one day I'll have a. There's a couple I'll guys. A fly fisherman on you here. Can, well, there's a guy. Who's that guy? You saying that specializes in sight fishing, fly fishing? Oh, Bobby Warren. He'll be here yeah. before this one goes out. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Bobby Warren. He does he does some of that kind. Of, he does a lot more sight fishing i wouldn't call him a fly fishing guide yeah but the fly fishing guides down here you know they use like little flats boats boats that can get in like six inches of water or less and yeah they, you know they really um they they're more specialized i'd say if you want to go fly fish a redfish in louisiana we have thousands of guides and there's people that specialize in exactly what you're trying to do and that's what i'll tell people when they come with me and they want to go bring the fly rod i'm like man bring it you know but I was like, if you really want to go fly fishing for redfish, let me let me put you with the you know a fly fishing guide. Let mm -hmm. me you know go go find what you're really trying to do because, you know I can't I can't pop I, my my bread and butter. What I really like to do is the near shore stuff. You know I I do a lot of redfish and I fish a lot of the marshes and stuff. Mm -hmm. But if it's calm enough, you know I'm I'm going I'm going to see what else is there. I'm gonna go. My my boundary is the state line. I can go nine miles from land out of Louisiana, and within nine miles of Louisiana, you can find a lot of water. Heck so. yeah, man! I, I you kind of did what we we you know we spent we spent thousands this year. I mean, mm -hmm. we're spending close to two hundred thousand on properties, uh, new decoy spreads and everything. You did that with all your Daiwa stuff, man. Yeah, you, you got all new gear. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I that shit. I, I did not think you could crush a Jack Gravel <laughs> that quick. And my wife kicked a damn Jack Gravel's ass in less than five minutes. Yeah, it was quick. It was really That's quick. That's usually 45 minutes. With, <laughs> you know, if, yeah. It, it really is. Yeah. It's, so, guys, uh, this year, I you know, I, everybody, uh, hopefully, a lot of people know, I got a new 26-foot Blue Wave. Um, and I decided to go ahead and get all new rod and reels with the whole setup. Might as well get everything new. And so I went with uh, Poseidon Rods. Um, the guy over there, Harold, he decided um, I went with him and he built 
built a lot of rods for what I was trying to do. And then I went to Daiwa and they said, man, we got these Lexus 400s. We really think you'd like them. And uh, so I said, all right, send me some of those. And I paired them up with these Poseidon rods. And it's it's really unbelievable what you can do with these these reels because they're they're kind of a, a, a very compact reel that fits in the palm of your hand. Um, it's like a bigger bass reel, if that makes sense. But um, you can put up to like 40 pounds of drag on these reels. So with that amount of drag and then you have 65-pound test line, I mean, and a big cranking handle. And the rod that I had Harold build me, I said I wanted, you know, I want a soft tip, but I want the rod to hit a wall. I want it to be real stiff in the back, on the on the, you know, last two three thirds of the rod or whatever, two thirds of the rod. I want it to be real stiff. And so with that soft tip and the backbone of the rod, you can literally, I mean, I you can really, you know, fish the bottom for redfish and then turn around and, and catch, you know, big jack revels, triple tail. You can go tarpon. snapper fishing with it, tarpon fishing. Like I was throwing it. It's one of the most versatile setups that I've ever had on my boat, and it's I mean it's it's a game changer. I've got really I've got to have that um, bait caster because I know I was throwing it them whopper plopper seventy yards sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. God man. dang, that was fun. I I threw away about a hundred dollar worth of damn shit and about five casts. Yeah, we were running. I I I yesterday guys, we were out there, and I, it was you know in the fall in October. Really, no wind at all, and I know I know your wife was probably getting tired, but I was like, man, we we can't like just leave. Oh, we can't I, just go in. That was such a that was such a beautiful day. Like I want to like I want to go see what else is around, and I don't know. I ran through the delta, and we came it, up on some fish that were coming up, and we threw some top waters. Yeah, and got I mean, a bunch of we, jacks coming up. It was fun. We dude. was fishing at four o'clock yesterday. Yeah, 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 oh. yeah. Long day. That it was, was a long day. But you got good gear. That's, that's, I like that because I've been with guys, and I've seen duct tape, electrical tape, <laughs> pipe clamps, everything down the world. I hate that shit. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, man. I'm constantly trying to up my game and, and try and find out what I like because not – I mean, those those reels that I'm talking about with the Lexus 400s, Paired with those Poseidon rods that I had Harold build me, I, I I wish I could remember the name of those blanks that he uses, but I can't. But uh, no, I'm constantly trying to you know up the game and and figure out what I like. Not necessarily everything on my boat I think is perfect, but it never will be. And so you're constantly trying to find something that's going to be you know the way I like to set up my bay my bay boat is to have uh you know a set five or six big reels and then five or six smaller reels yeah. for, you know, more of your, you know, you know, finesse type fishing or whatever. Yeah. And, you and know, in certain situations, that's and you're, so you're set up, you can target, you can target two fish real, real good. Yeah. You can target three fish pretty good. Yeah. Four, you know, you know, yeah, it's, it's tough. It is, man. And 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 always and if anybody out there, you know, if you ever come fishing with me, I always tell people try and choose two targets because if you choose two targets, to me that's that's the most fun charter you can have because, you know, you go do one thing and if that doesn't work, you go you know, do the other, or if you get them really good, you go. You're gonna have to change it up anyways. Like but if you go more than, if you come at, if you if you get on my boat and you start asking me, you know, hey, what about redfish? I'm like, all right, great, we'll do redfish. What about triple tail? All right, great, yeah, we're gonna do triple tail. 
What about this? What about, what about this? What about what this? What about snappers? What about mangroves? Pick two. Just pick two, and we'll and we'll and we'll go with that. You know, if you pick two, we can. You know, maybe maybe if it's really really good, we might we might be able to get a third target in, but only on like well, very like rare days. Like yesterday, we go out there. You know, we got our triple tail yesterday morning. Then we went and got our, you know, got on, got our snapper, but we had a ling rod ready. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's what I was really looking for. <laughs> yeah, I call them. I can't. I can't. I can't buy into this cobia thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's some panhandling you. <laughs> I, I call them lings. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know where, the lemon fish. Who who calls them lemon fish? That old old. Uh, I feel like it's. You no, know, I feel like it's all morphed now. People hear it from different places, but I, I bet you at one point it was like a, like a. a uh, a section like people from Florida called yeah. them maybe one thing, and then people from Texas well, called like, them something else. That's like crappie and, and shakalai. Shakalai, yeah, that's yeah, what they call them right here. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, that's a crappie. <laughs> and and then we, and we got people in our area, my area up there. Some of them call them crappie, some of them call them crappy. Yeah. Then you get in Florida, they call them specks. Yeah. That's that's funny. That's it's funny all thing. yeah, it's all different lingo for sure. But, uh, I was going to ask you, um, do you know anything, like, you know a lot about uh, duck hunting and bird hunting. And, you know, I I know a lot of, like, the old timers around um, Mississippi and stuff. You kind of you kind of get the feel for, like, you know, who started what and where, where certain things, styles of fishing and things like that come from. What about with duck hunting? Um, is there... Is there like is there any like does do people know about the history of duck hunting um, at all? Because I know a lot of people that do it now they kind of get into it just because you know it's popular on social media it or, is. or you know what I mean. And then that that's cool too. You know, like you're trying to find something a new hobby or something. Like I get it, but like what is what like what is some of the, like the where waterfowl hunting really came from i know it was started in europe more than likely well they did it in europe you know they they found old decoys in caves that are you know thousand years old really yeah i had no idea they have found duck decoys in caves and uh how would they shoot them though they wasn't even in guns a thousand years ago shoot them with a bow and arrow really yeah that's like a man huh Take a hungry mother. <laughs> <laughs> Take somebody want to kill a duck. He gonna he gonna shoot him with a damn bow and arrow, or, you know, swat him with a stick. But yeah, they found older uh, uh, decoys and stuff like that. But I, I I study it and I ask a lot of questions, and because I, I love that history. Yeah. But, and that's why you know I went uh, year before last and went up there. Guy's come a good friend, Jeff Coates. He's a sea duck hunter up out of Ocean City, Maryland. And uh, he studied and he builds decoys, hand carves them and uses them. But I think it started around the Great Lakes, you know, and then sea duck hunting. And, but it probably started simultaneously it, at different, a- well, different people, areas. It started, right? you know, for food and then, you know, because in the wintertime, you know, you, you know, the deer didn't used to be a lot of deer. Yeah. We've got more deer now than there's ever been. But there was a time in the turn of the century, there wasn't no deer. Yeah. There was more down bare in Mississippi than there was deer. Yeah. And But, you know, people wanted something to eat, and then that, that's where the duck hunting started is for food and market hunting. 
you know, there used to be a lot of market hunters down here in Louisiana. So they'd go kill ducks and sell them. Oh, yeah, they'd pack them in salt. They'd had barrels down here, and they'd, they would pack them in salt because they could get, you know, uh, $2, $3, $4, $5 for a pair of ducks in New Orleans. When those chefs were there, it was French chefs. Hmm. So there was a big market. You could make a lot of money, you know, when it was dead winter down hmm. here. And, you know, that's where decoys come from is for the necessity to get them close enough where I can kill a bunch of them. Right. And, it, you know, it turned into a sport. But just like duck hunting in every region is done different. I've, right. Yeah. Really and, and you say that about, like, and that's something that's very widely known throughout conservation, that we have more big game in North America than we ever have had. Ever. Or what we, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we ever have had, but since the early 1800s, yeah. we got more than 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 we did then. What do, what do you feel like about waterfowl? Do you feel like it's about the same thing? Uh, it's hard know, to say. It, it, it really is a... You know our numbers are lit or are down on waterfowl because we're losing some habitat. You know due to droughts, due to farming, the type of farming that they're doing. So they're on a decline, as of when? A few years ago, uh, twenty years ago. Yeah, in the in there's a no-till farming that they do that, and and it's just because the equipment has become so efficient that uh, you know they can get all the seed you know when they go harvest but there's a lot of there's a lot of variables uh pressure weather yeah. uh, habitat yeah. but you know everybody you know they, they join ducks unlimited and they join delta waterfowl and try to get their money spent in the right direction to get more habitat and they do uh but it's it's constantly changing uh I really don't know if we got more than we ever had, but I, I doubt it. You doubt it? Yeah, <laughs> I doubt it. What about in your lifetime, from what you've seen? Do you know? I've seen the decline. You've seen the decline. I have seen the decline in my, and I've seen our, uh, well, just like we were talking about the geese. You know, they used to come to Louisiana. I've seen a de big decline in mallards, gadwalls. Uh, those birds are moving uh, west. And staying north. If it if it's not locked up and froze in St. Louis, Louisiana's not getting birds. That's that's the truth about it. You know, because there's so much food up that way. Right. So that food's got to get froze. It's got to get locked up. It's got to get snowed over, iced over, whatever. Then the birds are going to migrate. They don't just migrate for shits and giggles. I gotta go. I gotta go south. Right. They just go. Uh, where the food is. If I can stay here, up here in, in Missouri, if I can stay in Kansas, and I don't have to go down to the coast, Texas, and Louisiana, we'll stay up there because I got girls here. I got yeah. food here. Yeah. I've even heard of, I, I don't, uh, this is, I, again, I know nothing about bird hunting, but I had a client that told me that they have like heated ponds and things up there, huh? That that I've heard that too. Like you know, steam plants, yeah, house them more or whatever. I ain't got the hunt on one yet. You I don't know if it them. works well or not. <laughs> I'm hell, I know it will. You you would think it would. It right? will. I mean, that's when it's best with us. Last year, we got a good freeze, and we we need water to freeze and thaw up, freeze and thaw up, freeze and thaw up. We had a freeze, 
So we busted this little hole. So what we done, in the morning the water was froze up pretty good. We had two feeds going on. We had ducks coming here. We had geese coming to another place. So we took all of our clients that morning. We're, all right, we're going goose hunting. While we were goose hunting, we had our other guys set up layout blinds in a corner of this flooded rice field. So we get in there and bang, bang, bang. We get our geese quick. Then everybody says, well, let's go to the house and eat. No, hell no. We, we're going over here. We take a 20-minute ride. We got breakfast burritos waiting on them. We got a girl there at the house. She's cooked. Got food waiting on them. Everybody gets them two or three burritos and a bottle of water or Coke. <clears throat> Jump out there in the layout blind. We run them out there. Turn the ice eater on. We got an ice eater. It's a big, it's a big fan. We bust out that hole, and it keeps the ice pushed out. It keeps the water circulating. So then we're banging out nine-man limits in about an hour. <laughs> yeah. And so then, it does work. Oh, it does. Uh, it does. Uh -huh. So, but then we got out there one day and dogs made a couple of long retrieves and busted up the ice out there and then our hole got real big. Well, then our damn ducks landed out there in the middle, you know. It just messed us up. <laughs> so we we learned something that day. We're going to hold them dogs till we get all of our killing done. Then we'll uh, get out there on the ice and pick up birds. So they don't bust up let our hole get big. Learn every day, right? But, you know, that's that's what we depend on. If we don't get cold weather, then we can't kill a lot of ducks. Now, we're going to kill the geese. By God, we're going to kill them every day regardless because that's just where they're coming. Ducks, you know, we we got to have the cold. Got to be cold. Got to be cold. Got to be cold. But, yeah. I can't wait till you come. <laughs> Man. You got a big many, part of me wants to come up this year. I just you, don't know. If you liking that happen. damn money, man? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I opened my calendar for this December, and if anybody is listening, I did open up my calendar for December. So, and it's been one of the better months um, to fish for like the last three or four years. I'm gonna look see if I've got a break. But More that splits. I mean, it really is from like I opened it from like the I think it's the first through like the 17th or something like that. But December has been very good the last few years and a big part of me thinks i mean you might be able to uh, add on to this but i think that our our seasons have changed a little bit mm -hmm. to where you know our winters come a little bit later the last four or five years i, I think, don't know i think you're right i don't really know but it seems like you know december used to be very very cold now it's like eh, it's kind of like the november now and and then by january february even in the march it's really really cold you know uh-huh and that's just what it seems like, and the the fish seem to bite best in the fall, and December might be the new well, fall. You're, I don't know. You know, I've been wearing my duck hunting stuff, turkey hunting in the spring. Yeah. I've been wearing my turkey clothes. Mm -hmm. been wearing, I've been wearing duck hunting clothes because <laughs> I've been cold. Why do you think you caught all them triple tail early this year? Them, I mean, y'all were hammering them like a month and a half ago. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, honestly, August – I mean, is that just a good time anyway? It is. Like I, I don't. I wouldn't say that there's anything. I, I wouldn't say there was anything out of the ordinary this year. Okay. I think that they. Uh, there was a lot of people, you know, every year, um, 
I feel like there's more people that are starting to triple tail fish, and this podcast is not going to help it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I do know that by me and you talking about oh, it I, and having so much an obsession with it, with you know, I do know that that does promote it. But and my hope with that, because I know there will be people out there that will say that, oh, you're you're doing is crazy, is stupid, or whatever. But I really think if we have enough people that want those species to still be there, that we can make habitat that would then help the resource and you know you could attest to that with with, yeah. with hunting you know that, well, that's i mean if you want ducks you you, you levy it you flood it and you see you take it, care right? of you know we try we try to get our birds killed and get out of the field as quick as possible mm-hmm. if we're hunting in the afternoon we if if we can't get them killed pretty quick we get out because we know they're going to come in there and roost so you know we're we're trying not to disturb them but you know, you used to talk about those guys. You're going to have haters. <laughs> you're going to have, you know, me and Dusty did a, uh, we did a Facebook Live a few weeks ago about goose hunting and what we do and how we call and everything. And I had one guy, he sent me a message. He busted my balls about goose hunting and all the pressure it's getting. And I know you get that shit too about triple oh, tail yeah. fishing. Oh, yeah. Well, I told him, I said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you my damn decoys, I'll give you my dog, and I'll give you my spec call. By God, you go kill them like me. You go kill them like Dusty, you know, the, the guys I work with. I said, I'll give you my shit. I've done it before. I had a guy one year telling me, hey, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. Well, I went over there and took my lanyard off and got my shot collar. I said, here's the shot collar. Here's the duck calls. Here's the dog. Do it. Get her done. Get her, you know, do it, son. No, I didn't mean it that way. Well, you know, quit, quit busting my balls about it, Tim. Yeah. You know, I do this every day. Right. Yeah. 100%. You know, respect it. You're right, man. I think I, the best way I could put it is there's a lot of pieces to the equation. Um, you know, if I if I tell somebody that they're at the rigs, all right, they're at the rigs. Uh-huh. They ain't but a damn thousand <laughs> in my view. <laughs> There's a lot of rigs out there, and there's a lot of water that they can be in. You know, there's a lot. There's not – you don't have every piece to the equation. You don't know the type of rig, the rod and reel setup, the – you know. There's there's so many things that go on in my mind or anybody's mind that Mm – in your mind with duck hunting that people can't put themselves into your your exact mind. Right. It doesn't – it's not – it's – it's a lifetime – like, people uh, – I tell this to deckhands all the time. Um, deckhands, they want to learn everything they can from the captain that they're with. But what that does is that prevent prevents you from innovating yourself. Mm-hmm. It makes you – like we were saying earlier with, like, the limiting beliefs, you know. Yeah. It makes you think that just because he didn't do it that way that you did. But what I mean by that is is that, you know – there's things that I've learned throughout my entire life that contribute to us catching fish. Something I might have learned when I was 10 or 12 years old, mm-hmm. you know, that could contribute to us catching fish that day. Yeah. You can't put yourself into my mind. It's not that. That's not the way that it works. No. You know, there's there's a lot of different. You ways really can't. <laughs> and, and 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 it does good to fish with a lot of people. And you'll find some things that they do that work for you. And you'll find some things that do. And you try, and it don't work for you. Yeah, yeah. And there's spots that people will tell me to go fish, and I'll go fish that spot, 
and I won't catch anything, and then they will go there and they'll catch them. And it's because they're, the way that they see that spot and where that those fish are going to be is different than the way that I would see that spot. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 cool. That's yeah. the way it should be, you know. Yeah. And there, I mean, technology as a whole has made us better at fishing. Us doing this podcast and talking about this stuff will probably make people better fishermen. I hope so. I hope it makes it them better fishermen. You know, and that was that was our goal when when Dusty and I, you know, and was talking. Kevin, he's one of the other owners there. You know, was talking about. Well, should we do this? Uh, we did a Facebook Live on Goose Calling because, you know, how Facebook, they're going to, you got them guys going to light you up. Yeah. Well, I'm in age and I, I carry myself in a way that I, I don't, you can't come say something in my damn face. My God, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you ain't going to bother me on Facebook. Right. <laughs> Dusty's the same way. So we we went out there and we, we did that Facebook Live for the guys that, they, they just they like to do it on there on a DIY, do it right. you know do it yourself. That weekend hunter, because uh, we're doing it every day, and we showed them some things that we do that works for us on day in day out basis. Uh, we wasn't necessarily talking to the guides out there because they got ways they do it, and and by God we ain't the best, right? But we do pretty good. There's a lot of good ones out there. There's a lot of good guides here in this in this marina. Absolutely, I'd recommend bunch a bunch of damn of them. good ones. Yeah, they ain't no they ain't no besties. Yeah, <laughs> there's no, not the best guy. There ain't no besties out there. Yeah, I like that little thing you said today though. Back, <laughs> what was that? Uh, we ain't, we may not be the best, but we damn sure ain't the cheapest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what. Yeah, I remember you talking about. Uh, you might find a, you might find a better one, but you ain't gonna find one more expensive. <laughs> I like that. I love it. I like it. That's it. But uh, you know, man, I'm just I'm so honored you let me be on this podcast because you know uh, a lot of these guys down here, their daddies, granddaddies, they grew up down here waterfowl hunting, and uh, we we want you guys, you captains down here and stuff, come up there and come spec hunting with us, bring your spec calls, yeah. and and help us. And come here and hunt with us, and uh, we got a nice, we got we got a damn nice place. We got a nice brick, big brick house. Uh, we got you know nice showers, bathrooms, uh, beds. Got TVs in every damn room around there. Big patio out back. It's, every night's a party. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we get we get world. You guys cha- hunt. You guys. What's a typical day for you? You do like my typical day is I'm up about three thirty. Uh huh. I get out there and air my dogs. Uh, that's about three thirty, four o'clock. We're up airing dogs. Where's the airing the dog? With uh, I let them go poop. Oh, okay. Them pee and poop. Get their collars on. Pick out who we who we're taking that day. Uh, make sure. Make sure side by side ready. Trailers ready. Everything ready to go. Uh, then clients start getting up. And uh, when they start getting up, then we head to, we head to the field. The guides. About five o'clock. Yeah, no, about four thirty. Us guides, we haul ass, and because uh, we we're, we're letting everybody sleep late, sleep as long as you can. Get you some coffee, get you a donut, get you something. That, we don't eat big that morning, because yeah. you know you got that damn demon starts talking to you until you go get in that ditch. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Brunch is usually the you, way with duck hunting, right? You got some toilet paper? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got there. We get things set up, and then, uh, they bring the clients on over, and we start shuffling them in. And then I got the sun starts coming up 30 minutes before. We're ready to go. It's showtime. Yeah. And I'm going to brag. We put on a damn show, son. <laughs> we mud stomp their ass sometimes. Sweet. We love it, and uh, it's a it's a high five. So on a me. typical hunt, like you hunting from about four thirty, when you guys usually okay camp? say the sun comes up at seven, day when you start shooting at six thirty. Okay, you know you just you got waders and all that kind of stuff, or y'all. It's according where we're hunting. If we're if we're field hunting for geese, I got guys hunting crocs sometimes. Hell yeah, they can ride out there, step out of the vehicle, take two steps and be in a blind. You. That's that's the beauty of some of that is we got guys that they're old. You, you can bring your granddaddy that hadn't been hunting in a long time with us, and I've got a I've got an Argo with tracks. I can take him out there across that water, and he never gets wet when I, I'll put him in a blind. Oh wow! He so you step, got a big old thing that I got I got tracks on that Argo. It's Jesus. an eight wheel deal. It's got tracks, and I can take it out there in that marsh. And put him in a pit blind or goose blind or whatever, and he never get wet. And take care of him. We've done wounded warriors that way. I've took guys that had no legs. Wow. I took them out there and put them in a blind, and they get to shoot. And uh, that's part of life. Like little kids, I like kids coming hunting. Yeah. But uh, I, I get a lot of I get granddaddy and son and. Uh, two sons and their kids. You know, we'll get three generations out there. That's a lot. Cool. Yeah, I, I love those trips. I, t- I take them sometimes. That's good. Had one not long ago. Cause the, cause you know, the old man was. That used to be the man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that used to be the man. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Uh, now they're taking him. I love that. Yeah, that's cool. Take care of him. Man, well we're we're over an hour for sure. Um, God damn me, me and you can sit here. And, we keep drinking. We we can have a good day. <laughs> That's right. But uh, yeah. I'll uh ask one more thing, man. I mean, in, you know, this is a broad question, but uh, as hunter, fisherman, outdoorsman, what more do you think we can do to make sure this resource um, stays good for the next generation? I think we gotta we gotta lobby, man. We gotta we gotta stay on our senators, and I think Facebook is a good voice for it too, Instagram, but. It's like these rigs. They cannot take these rigs. It's such an ecosystem. Each one is its own ecosystem. Yeah. Each each little structure out there because making making dirt is impossible. Yeah. You, you know, you can't make more dirt. And there's places out here where they've piled up dirt and sand and mud and and in ten years you've got a marsh growing again. I love that. Yeah. Walt was showing me some places, you know, where they blowed up some. They started growing again because uh, if you don't, you know, they straightened out in Mississippi enough. It's just spitting straight out. Yeah, yeah. We gotta have something catch us. I mean, this, this stuff catches the poisons. Yeah. This this marsh catches the poisons. It's getting into the Gulf. Yeah, that that means a lot. That uh, you feel the same way that I do. That I feel like, you know, people want to point fingers at each other, 
and you know it's a commercial fisherman or this and that but it what you're saying is we need more habitat we need to advocate we gotta have that habitat you gotta you gotta take care of you yeah i gotta take care of me it's like yesterday i had that fish in my hand got my picture fuck it throw it throw it back <laughs> go go swim make babies it's it's uh i think there's a big part of it too like whether you know we're helping or we're not. At least you're feeling good about what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't stand those people that go out there and they never – It's you have them on the boat, but they're not really thinking about what they're doing. Uh-huh. You know, you got to really think about, you know, what you know, what are we doing out here? What's the main purpose? What's the main goal? And, you know, what can we do to give back? We're not – Because not. even if you throw one fish that you could have kept that day – even if you throw one back, yeah, it's still something. It is. It is. It is still helping. It's. It's not that you were going out that day to take everything that you possibly could. If you're coming duck hunting with me and goose hunting with me, to fill up your freezer, you're going to starve. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to starve. starve. Yeah. Yeah. If, if 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 that's why, you go fishing with somebody to stock your freezer, you're going to starve. Yeah. And that's like I said, so, told somebody the other day, I said, I mean, let's face it. If you're sport fishing, if you're recreational fishing, if you're recreationally hunting, you're not starving. No. <laughs> no. I don't care what, you know what I mean? You're not. I mean, this is a luxury. People that are legitimately starving are not sport fishing. They're not coming out here for fun. It's and not. You're not ever going to make the amount of money that you spend on fishing. You're never going to recuperate that in in dollar signs with food. This is no. not going to happen. It hurts my soul to see folks. Well, this got frostbitten in the freezer. They're throwing out. Oh, dude, throwing out ducks. That, it makes. I I hope I hope most people eat all the fish. And I and I try to do my best in taking care of the fish to where that they will eat it all. Well, you it do. Tastes the best. You I, do, you do. You I clean. bleed every single one of my fish, and I, I and it's very. I pretty much always clean all my fish. Yeah. And, and if people want the collars or anything like that, I make sure I get that for them as yeah. well. It's, it's yeah. And, and you, you know, you're the first one I seen bleed them, and then I've started asking when I fish with somebody else. You know, I ain't trying to cheat on you, but I fish for other people sometimes. I think it's awesome. I, I and, like uh, that you. And, and I ask I think them, everybody should. And I ask them to bleed them. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you what? Well, hell, I'll bleed it. I'll I'll take my pocket and I'll go over and bleed it. You know, if I ask because you've seen the difference. Yeah, you've seen what I have seen the difference. difference. I've seen I've seen two uh, pompano fillets. One was bled, one wasn't bled. The one that was bled, they were caught seconds apart. That and it was bled was snow white. The other was had some color. Yeah, Yeah. it 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 turns really red. I mean, I've I've posted photos and things before and. You know, I, I think I do it a lot of days. I'll bleed all my fish, and the people probably don't care, and they don't know. It's just complete ignorance. And I, and then I, I bet they think, well, he's putting that fish out of his misery. Yeah, a lot of people think that. They definitely do. And I tell them, no, it, it tastes better. And I had one of the comp, a compliment the other day. And the guy said, man, you really bleed all your fish, huh? And I said, yeah. He said, man, that's crazy. You know, I've heard on TV and stuff that it makes them taste better. He's like, the best thing I think that comes out of that is I, I really think you care about what you're doing. Yeah. And I was like, that's exactly why I do it. Yeah. Because I don't want to be out here just mindlessly trying to get the day over with. Nope. 
I want to care about what I'm doing. I want to take care of these fish as best it, as I can. It all, it all. I want to feel good about taking this fish. I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel bad whenever I put this fillet in the fish and give it to my client, and I see all the blood on it. And I know how that's going to taste. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't like feeling like that. But I like to feel like it's going to be, wa- it's going to be wasted. We, yeah, and we 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 took care of it, and and one of the things that gets to me a lot when it comes to fish like that is people that don't know the importance of fresh fish you know mm-hmm. and that they think that because of all the fish that they've ever had from any restaurant or any fish they've ever had has always been frozen i don't know what it is but there's a lot of people out there that come fishing with me and they think that frozen fish is just as good as fresh fish and well, it is a night and day difference I, <laughs> see i my my taste buds me and my wife talked about it. my taste buds aren't developed like that they're not because you know i'm six hours from the coast i'm eight hours from here mm-hmm. and you know hell i have to eat frozen fish absolutely and i'm not saying frozen fish is bad i'm yeah. not saying that it is but, but we're gonna eat those snap we're gonna take those whole snappers tomorrow and they're never gonna be frozen right? no no they're <laughs> gonna get eat tomorrow exactly they're going and on the grill tomorrow and that and that's what i mean is that I'm not saying that fr- frozen fish is not bad. It's just not as good then, as fresh Then the fish. next day, we're probably going to do uh, triple tail tacos. Nice. Hell, yeah, we're going to do some triple tail tacos. I like that. You were telling me how you were doing those tacos, man. I really want to go try some of that. <laughs> that. Dusty come up with this. We'll take a little bit of that Asian salad dressing, a lot of soy sauce. Use that wasabi to your taste. You know, I, I like it when it's. I got fire blowing out my nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it wasabi in there, and uh, some ginger. Squirt some ginger in there and put that on the stove top. And just sit there and stir it. Make sure you get all that dissolved real good, and then start getting render it down to get a little bit thick, and just set it off, let it cool, and then drizzle that over your tacos. Son, that's that's some good stuff. I think we cook a frozen dog and make it pretty damn good with that right there. <laughs> but you know, you talking about you know how you do that. It's like here at the Lodge. We bought, I hate to see so much of a bird get wasted. Everybody, breasting a, a duck or a goose is the easy, quick way. That's what and, most people do, right? Yeah, they just breast it out. They don't touch the legs and thighs. We, we bought two picking machines this year. We're going to pick you birds. We're going to pick them. We're gonna, yeah, it's a picker, plucker. And we got we bought two of those machines. We're going to pluck your birds unless you just say, I want just a breast. But we're still going to pluck them because we're going to keep them legs and thighs. We're going to cook. We'll, we'll keep your legs and thighs and cook them up. And uh, we're going to pluck whole birds for people. And we we package your birds. So there's a machine that will pluck them. Oh, bird. yeah. It's got them little rubber fingers right there. And we'll run them through that thing. It'll pick all those feathers off. Wow. And uh, you make, we'll make. Uh, sell those for pillows. We got a market to sell those breast feathers for pillows and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. So y'all are going to be able to use every part of every the bird. Per- every bit of that bird is going to get used. Maybe besides like the bones, huh? Yep. Everything but the bones. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a good. Uh, that's a good thing because you know, I don't know if everybody thinks that deep into what they're doing, but I think that overall people are going to feel better about killing those birds than oh. what they were and because they know that every bit of it's going to get used and feeling good about what you're doing is essential to i just you know there's a thing out there uh it's a thing for turkeys you know save the legs 
you know, and, and I always cut the legs and thighs off of a wild turkey, and I'll crock pot them. And you, know, get, and you can tenderize and get all those big bones out and everything. Man, I just hate I hate seeing game get wasted. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that picking machine, that's one of the expenses. You know, those are the kind we bought are very expensive. Right. So, so when folks come with us, have, you know, I'm going to give us a little plug right here if you don't care. No, you, man, go you, ahead. We're, you we're wrapping this up, so go ahead. You, you're going to shout out everything you need to. Come in there. We got a bar. For, you know, we got everything from Diet Coke to Jacques Daniel to, to you know, White Lightning. Whatever you want to drink, we usually got it. You eat good. We have world – we have at times – People usually come on like what, a two-day hunt, three-day? Yeah, two- and three-day hunts are the most common. Mm-hmm. Like say you come in on Friday night – we got supper waiting on you. Then the next morning we get up and we hunt. Come in, you take you a little break, take a little nap, eat, and take you back out and go hunting. While we're out there, they're uh, usually they're cooking steaks or ribs or, uh, you know, we have some world champion chefs come in there. Hell yeah. Yeah, we've got a guy Heath Riles. He's a he won the world this year with his ribs. Hell he yeah. comes in and cooks. And uh, we got some other guys that smoke and barbecue and everything. Old Chris, he'll come in there and he'll he'll bring supplies for everybody for three days. And he'll come in there and cook. And uh, it's a feast Hell every man. night. Oh yeah. And they get to look at me. <laughs> <laughs> they get to look at Santa Claus. <laughs> oh man. But uh, yeah, you know, we don't we don't have no rat hole of a lodge. <laughs> You know, we got we got champion dogs. We got some of the – you're going to go alone. There's some better dogs out there than what we got. Yeah. But there's three of us that's got dogs, and you ain't going to find a pack of dogs that, that we that use duck hunting. This is all as good as these dogs. They just don't lose birds. So you guys – so what you're saying is you guys got have the first-class duck hunting service we are, in northeast Arkansas. We ain't the bestest. We ain't the cheapest. <laughs> but we're trying to be the bestest. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we we take pride in our dogs. If you throw off them a dog, we're probably going to fight right there. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't. I mean, we got, we got good stuff. And people are welcome to bring their dogs if they're, if they're mannered. If, they, you know, the dog can stay. He, yeah. <laughs> if he can stay and he can pick up birds and he don't cause ruckus and get in fights. He can he can go hunting with us. Yeah. Bring him. Cool. But uh, it's been great, man. Love you to death. Thank you, man. Love you too, Stacy. It's been a been a, a very good podcast, yeah. man. I really appreciate you sitting down and doing all this. And uh, one more time, just tell everybody where they can find y'all. On the deck, Outfitters. We're in Brinkley, Arkansas. Uh, go on Facebook. Go on Instagram. And, on the uh, deck, Outfitters. On the deck, Outfitters. Dusty's a fisherman. Cool. Dusty's the Fishman. I'm sure that's where they come up with that name because, hell, we always take a trip down there to Galveston. He's always tuna fishing and stuff. But, uh, cool. Hopefully he gives me a, another shot at it. I'd like to take him fishing again. <laughs> yeah, he's coming. He he should. He had a cousin in town this weekend, and uh, they come fishing. And he took him tur- uh, deer hunting too. But, uh, yeah, he's a sportsman. Kevin's a sportsman. Uh, you know, they live the lifestyle, right? God they're just they're great guys oh, yeah. 
Yeah. All right, Stacy. Well, I appreciate it, man. We'll get All this right. thing wrapped up. Thank you, ladies. Later, guys.